you know, it reminds me of when I was doing my original two years in Diego Garcia and I abducted this one guy who I knew was a doctor because it was in a marina and his name, the name was on the back of his boat. And that's the type of things that the Black Navy was doing. We were abducting people. They were selling them, you know, scientists, doctors, they would sell them to programs. And those poor guys would wind up in places like Mars. Okay, so there's an illicit slave trade. Um, I think David Polides has been finding that there's a lot of people that disappear in national forests, uh, state parks in the US and around the world, I, I guess. And there's quite a number of them actually have a technical background and seem to have German bloodline as well. I think you have to. to and that's probably why Sam got so far as he was accepted as a German. That's because your own kind of like a genetic background does have a German component? No, he was just programmed to think he was Sam, this guy that grew up with a whole childhood and everything in um, the German colony on Mars. But it never happened. It was all... Um, what the Greys did to him, basically, it's a program they stuck in him. He yeah. thought he was Sam. Um, he, uh, along with the memories, because I, I can access those memories. They're, access, they're memories of speaking German um, on the German colony on Mars. You're listening to Exopolitics Today with Dr. Michael Sala your source for the uncensored truth regarding the human, extraterrestrial, global, and political agenda. Click the like button and subscribe to this channel. And now, here's Dr. Michael Sala. It's my great pleasure to welcome back Mark Domizio to Exopolitics Today. Welcome, Mark. Hi, Dr. Sala. Well, it's really uh, great to have you back because uh, there were a, a lot of interesting threads that uh, we saw from our last interview. And for those that maybe didn't see the last interview or maybe need to be need to have a refresher, I mean, Mark discussed a cloned version of himself that had a soul fragment that was called Hans that was operating from 1983 up until 2017, so for 34 years up at Diego Garcia, doing a, a lot of nasty things, was involved in that mal missing Malaysian Airlines flight. And when Hans died, his soul fragment returned back to Mark. So that's how Mark got his memories. And, and Mark explained also that back in 1983, when this cloned version of himself, Hans, was, was deployed and Mark was just living his normal life, there was a second clone called Sam. So why don't you pick it up from there? And, and if I missed anything um, in setting the stage, yeah, please just elaborate. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Um, at the same time Hans was made, uh, Sam was made, and in fact, it's very confusing, but Han's body was in Diego Garcia. Um, Sam's body was on Mars in Kruger, and that is where they 
basically programmed both of them through electric shock. They made them both through the same body on Mars. Um, so I'll pick up where Hans was electric shock. That's how they made him. And that's my first memories of Sam. He starts out. Uh, my first memories are being electric shock treatment with a, a German nurse and a German doctor um, in Kruger. Um, he goes through that treatment. God, did you have a question? Uh, yeah, maybe just explain uh, for people what, what is Kruger? Um, I'll tell you what I know about it. I, I, I mean, I know very little because um, my altar didn't work in Kruger later on. But from what I could see, it was a German-run um, space program on Mars. They had an army that seemed to, you know, they had a military that would be rented out. Um, the ICC would use them for different things. They were used for different uh, different uses. Sometimes the Dark Fleet used them. Um, but that's pretty much all I know of it. Um, totally German from, from what I can remember. So kind of like a, a mercenary group, something like Blackwater with the U.S., or, or like the Wagner group with the Russians, just a mercenary group that they recruit from all over the place, prisons and so forth, to just have a very ruthless approach to problems. And, and the French have had this for uh, for many decades as well. The French Foreign League, uh, Legion also right. is a kind of mercenary force recruited from all over the place. So, th so the Germans on Mars did the same thing, and I presume they were pulling recruits out of whatever whatever source to kind of make up this mercenary force, would, which kind of like would be an auxiliary to the Dark Fleet, as I understand it. Right. It seemed like it was their Mars station. They, they were a lot on Mars. They would go out and do stuff off of Mars, but uh, there was a lot happening on Mars. You know, it's, uh, there was the ICC, uh, probably millions of people on their slaves, so there was always something going on. <clears throat> so his, his, my original memories of him are training. Um, and this is when I meet, um, uh, or when I should say, when Sam meets a guy that's been in his life the whole time, still is. Um, some people refer to him as the old man. He's, um, at this point, he was, um, Sam's somewhere around, you know, 25, 26, and um, the old man was a couple of years older than him. They were in Kruger together for a while, and um, uh, they did some things in Kruger that they weren't supposed to do and wound up in prison in Mars. Uh, they spent time in prison in Mars. They got out of there, and... Um, uh, Sam was in the dark fleet for, for a while there after that. Um, <clears throat> I think he was always spying for this character that I'm just going to call the old man. Um, can, can you describe him? I mean, was he uh, like a German origin? Was he American? Um, was he a was, military guy? What's he was a, 
he was American and he was Air Force. Um, Sam was, you know, Sam didn't know who he was. He was programmed. He was programmed to think that he grew up in the German uh, colony that's on Mars. And he spoke fluent German, that dialect that they speak. So that's why he, he got into the Dark Fleet Easy and he, he worked in Kruger Easy. Um, the old man was, you know, um, like I said, just a few years older, but very manipulative of Sam. Um, it, it, as soon as they met, he, he was always pushing his buttons and manipulating. So it, he wound up having him do something in, uh, while they were in Kruger and they went to prison to get the uh, attention of the Dark Fleet. So it was, it was a pretty nasty thing. At that time, he went into the Dark Fleet and spied for the old man um, through tech technology that they had in him, uh, fiber technology that was in his body. So he spied for them for a while. And um, then he got out of the Dark Fleet. And this is when he started doing a lot of other stuff, a lot of stuff on Earth for the well, old man. Before we get there, you might just kind of like tell us how long was he with the Dark Fleet? We're, we're talking 1983, this all began. He's, he's with Kruger. He's in prison. So when does he join the Dark Fleet and how long is he with them? Uh, he's in the Dark Fleet probably around 86, 87 for a few years. Um, he's and can you actually, say what he was doing in, in the Dark Fleet? Um, I have very little memory of it. But the memories I do have are so nasty that um, my high self has blocked them out because I have so many other traumatic memories that it's really nothing I have to deal with. Um, when I when I started learning about this and taking these QHHT sessions, my high self communicated to me that I didn't have to go through the daily life. I didn't have to integrate and remember all that. I was only to remember the stuff that was traumatic and that I had to work out. Um, I didn't have to go into the, the daily stuff because that can get really bad. And the danger of it is you can, if you spend that much time in your altar, remembering that you'll, it'll start to bleed into your, to your life. You'll, you'll start to act like your altar. You, you can't spend uh, too much percentage of your day thinking these thoughts or it really, it'll start to bleed over. And I know people um, in these programs right now that have pretty much taken on their altar. It's, it's a dangerous thing to integrate these uh, and take in like the day-to-day -day life, you know, all that memories. When all you really need to do is just remember the traumatic things that are on your soul piece that, that you need to heal. I see. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, wise counsel. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, all the other traumatic things that I've been through. So it was... I have to pick and choose what I what I deal with here, or, or it gets overwhelming. <clears throat> but but you have um, a general kind of view, or you, you have a general understanding that you served on the Dark Fleet, 
and the Dark Fleet was doing operations inside or outside of our solar system. That was a lot of nasty stuff. Right. I have uh, a lot of memories of um, him being on the uh, on craft, and I see reptilians and uh, knock waffling. A lot, lot of nasty memories. You know, if you've ever, anybody who's had exposure to reptilians, it's it's a hard energy to take. You know, really goes well, against everything we are. Can you maybe, can you like explain that? Because I think a lot of people probably don't have an idea of you know, what it is for a, an ordinary or for a human to encounter a reptilian or a Draco reptilian who are, you know, these very kind of um, powerful manipulative overlords that control other reptilians in our galaxy. They're really strong psychically. They'll get in your head um, and not have to do anything physical and literally make you feel like you're just, you just want to bust out of your skin. They can just drive you crazy. Uh, they also, I, I mean, Sam acted okay with them, but um, my dealing with them when I was in Diego, I was just froze up. It's an energy that was just so, I can't explain it. Probably what we would think of as a demon. It's such a dark feeling on you of dread that um, you lock up with fear because I think you're seeing something that you, you just, never thought you know you didn't think existed and so you have cognitive dissonance you know you just it's hard to to realize what's going on well i remember alex collier who who talked about the draco reptilians back in the 90s and he distinguished between the the soldier class of the draco reptilians he described them as like eight nine foot you know built like linebackers just massive powerful warriors um, and then he talked about the Sakars. They, they, they're, they're like a miniature Tyrannosaurus Rex, like 15-foot, like incredibly powerful beings with wings and all of that. So, and, and he said that that was the ruling class of the of the Draconians. So did you ever see one of those, like those winged dragon types? No, I didn't. But um, later on, Sam has, has seen something, has seen one of those. And... Uh, there was a name put on it, uh, Pindar. So th that's the only one I have recollection through through his memories of seeing. Yeah, yeah Pindar. So we'll talk about that later or at some point? Sure. You, okay. Um, anyway, so he, he, after that, started to work for the old man. And at this point, the old man is working with a lot of children in Montauk. Um, there's a group of them that I'm in contact with now. Uh, they were all taken at different ages. Um, my altar, Sam, actually took some of these children, a lot of them actually. Um, they, remember, they remember me from when they were uh, a child, you know. It's, it's strange. So he took those children. Uh, the old man trained them. And, and what he did was it, it appeared he was a horrible, and he is a horrible person. He did. He's done 
horrible things to everybody. Trauma training, um, little children and doing stuff. And I'm starting to see what the final outcome was. He, he trained everybody so that they were, they could withstand more than anybody else. He trained all of his children harder, made them go through trauma training worse than anybody else did. And he put them in the programs. And these, after Montauk, they have been in all programs. They're, they're in every program you can imagine. Um, they have a lot more altars than I do. And, and he's, he's manipulated and gotten a lot of information through these altars through the years. Well, I, I remember interviewing uh, Stuart Swordlow from, from Montauk, and, and he said when he was there that uh, that was from 71 up until 83 that there were Germans all over the place. And so you have to ask yourself, you know, why were there Germans kind of like in this American uh, Air Force facility? And it was because they were doing all this stuff. So that's, that kind of matches what you're saying, that this that this uh, old man, whoever he is, was helping or one of the kind of more sinister or psychopathic kind of people involved with Montauk, and he was working with the Dark Fleet. Yeah. It, you know, t- to work among all of these and to try and be a white hat, you have to be probably the darkest black hat there is. That's how you get through all of this. And that's what he appeared at. Um, he, he's been involved in anything, so many horrible things. But what has happened with these children, and they've grown up, they've gone through the programs. Um, I can just tell you what I've collected from all the different um, missions and stuff that I've seen. It's been a long war of stealing split, uh, soul-splitting technology and time technology. Lots of the missions are stealing time tech. Um, Vatican, uh, London Bank, these places gone into there and stole um, time technology and soul splitting technology. So he's he's had, um, I have memories of Sam where he had, in Mexico, they had set up a uh, basically a honeypot. It was a brothel, and they had lots of politicians from the world that would come in and uh, into this brothel. And it was run by my um, alter Sam and three of these other people that were in Montauk with uh, with the old man. And so he would gather information. So he he was continually gathering information, intel. Um, and, and that's what I can see it's been. It's been a temporal war. So lots of it has been changing timelines and, and uh, trying to get time technology because it's on both sides. So interesting that this old man was using Sam to steal time travel technology for this temporal war. So... Was this old man doing all of this to kind of like promote the Dark Fleet agenda or was he doing it for his own agenda? I have to say now it, it appeared he was with them. 
at the time, but he's been doing it for his own agenda the whole, whole time. And he has been going against, um, you know, what we would call the black hats. He's, there are um, altars that are from negative beings. You know, there's Pindar. There are altars that have the soul of Pindar, that Draco that you talked about. Um, this is the things he's fighting. Uh, maybe we should just explain what the, what the Pindar what the Pindar is. Uh, I mean, I first came across that term. David Ike began using it, I guess, in the nineties and two thousands, talking about this this uh, ruler of the planet and it being a kind of shape shifting reptilian. So, what do you know of the Pindar? I, I know that um, I know two altars that have been operating with a piece of soul from him. And, um, you know, I, I have memories of years and years basically doing battle with them. That's what we're doing. They, they steal some time tech, they do something. Um, and then it's tit for tat back and forth. Um, there, there's a lot of probably names that are out there that, that, uh, we've heard and probably didn't believe in Marduk, uh, all, all these beings are involved in, in all these things behind the scenes. And, and so this is with the beings, old... Go on. So how do these beings, whether we're talking Pinda, whether we're talking Marduk, how do these beings get involved in these kinds of kind of power struggles? Uh, do they just create a, a clone or you know, somehow create an avatar body? And just shift a part of their soul consciousness into that avatar body, and you know that becomes an altar that's out there doing all this stuff. I mean, is that how they do it? I think they are doing it just like that because um, there there have been altars that have had a piece of Marduk. There's altars that have had a piece of uh, um, Pindar. Um, so I, I I think that's just exactly what it is. I don't know if they're if they're doing the same thing that I did with the um, Andromedan being, I believe that's what's going on. These people are actually incarnating, but instead of incarnating, like with this Andromedan light that I came with, they're incarnating with a piece of their soul, Pindar or Marduk, other dark beings. And just to remind people, because you incarnated with this Andromedan soul energy, that was the reason why at the end of your two-year contract from 1981 to 83, rather than destroy your clone, they used that to, to create these two altered versions of yourself, Hans and Sam, that, would went, that went off and did these different missions, but they had some of that. I guess, eighth dimensional Andromedan energy that was what made them valuable to the Dark Fleet. Right. And, and this was all done at Dulcie. So um, Sam and Hans, these soul pieces, and, uh, and I actually have four other ones that I'm not even going to talk about. They've made at Dulcie. But it, it, that's when the experiments started, really. In 84, they started using the, uh, the soul piece and the light that they had taken from me and Dulcie. 
So, you know, it's uh, Sam. I didn't even know about Sam until two years ago. I, I had gotten um, just gotten through Hans, right? And, and uh, was in a session with um, Rebecca Rose. And Sam literally just kept busting in. She was like, you have this aggressive version of you that's right here and kept busting in the session. So at that point, that, that's when I actually started to acknowledge that I had another one. I didn't even know it till, like I said, two years ago. I thought it was just Hans. <clears throat> um, to get back to where he was, he's he's did stuff for, like I said, for uh, the old man for years, and still is currently. But I guess the next important, you know, part besides all these little programs that he has going on is this: um, he becomes, you know, he gets married. He has a life. He's um, he's living on Mars, and uh, he has a partner, and uh, they have a group that's um, arrangers. They're they're really elite. They knew how to. They had special technology, and they also knew how to how to do things with their body, phase in and out. So they started. They did contracts for lots of groups, ICC. Um, pretty much anybody who who hired them on Mars, and um, they would do stuff for Dark Fleet. They would do stuff for Solar Warden, who, whoever hired them. And uh, they did this for for many years. Um, he was married and had a child, and his partner was married and had children. So this is Sam. He's married, has a child. He's on Mars doing all this kind of contract work for, for this old man working at, for whatever client. At this point, the old man's really not involved. This, this partner of him, he's developed this group. Um, I just call, they're called, they were called Shadow Rangers. Um, and the reason I'm telling you this is because of the the one thing that I, I did want to share that happened with him. So um, they, they, like I said, they did this for, for years, decades. When um, I believe 2018, they were approached about a contract and they took the contract. Nobody really wanted it. It, it was with a bad group. Um, and uh, they were supposed to blow up a, a small facility on Mars. And what happened was, is they did blow up this facility. The uh, group that hired them had already planted lots of other explosives. And it turned into that explosion that is documented that happened in uh, 2018 on Mars where you see a volcano explode and um, there's, there's smoke and clouds, dust clouds covering Mars for a long time. It, it rocked the whole planet. And uh, there was a quarter of a million people killed at the ICC facility. And uh, several other 
you know, there's, there's a lot of other beings that lived in Mars. And all these other beings, including the quarter of a million humans, were um, killed from this explosion. And your alter Sam was involved in that incident, and 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 who was the kind of like customer? I mean, what was what was why did they want to destroy this kind of like our corporate Mars corporate facility? Marduk. It was a Marduk group. Okay, well, um, that's very interesting. Um, but Marduk, maybe we should. Maybe if you can explain who Marduk is to my listeners. Um, Marduk is the son of Anki, who um, made a deal with the reptilians that got humanity in the position that we're in. Okay, so Marduk has been around for many thousands of years, and he's the son of who was once Enki, because Enki actually is a title, Prince Ia, who was the Enki uh, 15,000 years ago, and uh, Marduk took over when uh, Prince Ia left. And it seems that, as you said, Marduk took, uh, made these agreements with the Enlil faction and with the Draco reptilians. Yes, that's another name too that, that we hear about, Enlil. Um, related with the uh, reptilians too. You hear, did you hear about his son as well, Nintag? Was Nintag also uh, a, a prominent um, Anunnaki associated with the uh, reptilians? I haven't heard about him in the programs. Just Enlil and Marduk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, any uh, from what I understand. You know, he he did it purposely, Marduk, to uh, to clear off a lot of the humans and the ICC off of Mars. Um, the reason I think it's important that you, because you actually did an article. Uh, I was trying to find it, but you had written an article um, about this when it happened in two thousand eighteen, and um, it was reported that two rogue groups blew up an ICC facility on Mars. And the, the, the story I told you is the details of it. Right, okay. Um, I don't remember that article off the top of my head, um, but I, I do recall that there was a, a very large seismic event that was recorded that, that was kind of like uh, supporting those those claims that something had happened on Mars, some kind of a major explosion. Yes. Yeah, NASA has, um, you can still see the footage. You can search it. Um, but that happened and they, um, you know, make long story short, they went to prison. They were, they were captured and both of them went to prison. So who who captured him? We're talking Sam and his partner were captured? Yeah, Sam turned himself in because, you know, they they weren't looking to blow up the planet. They they had a family that lived there. You know, his his he still had a a wife and a boy that lived there. So he turned himself in right away. Um, the other guy was injured 
and really critically injured and didn't uh, didn't make it back for a long time for over a year but sam turned himself in went to prison and to get out of prison um he uh, made a deal to they wanted to uh wipe his mind of all the contracts all the information they had they had a lot of contacts so um they made an agreement to to get his mind wiped of almost 20 years that he was in the uh shadow rangers and um he made this agreement so that he could get out and and be with his family and uh, when he got out he found out that his wife and uh, boy had been given to the reptilians and, and so they were they were wound up dying so so who was it that actually arrested sam or who did he s- surrender to i mean are we talking the kind of like mars corporate governance uh, who who was it that was in charge of that i'm not sure who he was working for but honestly i know who it is you know it's it was johan fritz oh okay Johan Fritz was who the arresting officer or who he was working for? Johan Fritz is the one that made the the deal that he didn't live up to. He made the deal about wiping your mind and then you could get out and spend with your family. And then when um Sam got out, he found out that his wife and boy had been given to the reptilians. Um, the same thing happened to to the other partner. Um, call him Jack. Jack. Um, Jack. After a year, he did get back. He turned himself in. He was in prison. He made a deal. Same thing to uh, get to get out of prison. He uh, let them wipe his mind, mm-hmm. and uh, right before they wiped his mind, Johann Fritz, um, he told him all these horrible things he was going to do to his his wife and kid his two daughters and then they wiped his mind so you you actually remember seeing all your altar the, the memories you have of your altar sam you remember seeing johan fritz on mars making these deals and then kind of like uh double crossing you and your partner yep and then um did you recognize uh, when did you kind of like realize that and when did you meet Johann Fritz or William Nutter is his real name when did you meet him or know about him and in this in your present life I've known about him for a long time I just never said anything um, I, I met him at a conference last year but I just never said anything about it I wondered if he remembered because um, Sam you know had a history with him so I was I was surprised that he never mentioned anything about it. Sam's actually the one that trauma trained him when he was a child Johan Fritz trauma trained him drowning him and stuff that was my alter Sam and then later on <clears throat> after this all happened um I have a memory of Sam with the old man and they threw um Johan Fritz was thrown out of the space program for that 
Okay. Very, very interesting. So, you know what? You, go ahead. I was just going to say, so this is the confusing thing when a person interviews and uses their alter's name. You know, I wouldn't want to do interviews and use Hans. So, for some reason, William Nutter has used Johann Fritz. So, I just want to say, I'm not talking about William Nutter. I'm talking about his actual alter, Johann Fritz. Well, you know, I mean, going on what you said earlier, uh, when you remember the details of your alter, then the personality kind of takes over your present life. So uh, William Nutter does seem to have a lot of memories, detailed memories of uh, Johann Schmidt. So I guess, yeah, that is very suggestive of a, a kind of personality change that may result from that, just a yeah. speculating. Yeah, I have uh, other memories with him too. So him and, and actually his wife, you know, they were in the programs together. Okay. Uh, well, uh, I mean, his, his wife, um, I mean, was she his, the wife of Johann Schmidt? I mean, uh, Johann Fritz, that she was also the wife at, of him in that, of, of the altar? She's the handler in that world. She's the handler of his altar that that I had seen. Yeah, she mostly in the Dark Fleet because he was in the Dark Fleet afterwards. I think when he threw it, got thrown out of the space program, he went into the Dark Fleet. And, and when he was thrown out of the space program, can you like clarify which space program we're we talking about? Are we we're talking about the corporate space program? I am not one hundred percent sure, and I don't want to. I don't want to say. I, I'm not sure if we're talking Solar Warden or something to do with Solar Warden or whatever. So I'd rather just not speculate. Um, my memory is standing with the old man as Sam, and him throwing him out, saying a lot of stuff. Um, you know, the other guy lost his family too. So it, it was pretty nasty stuff. They did do something horrible though. I mean, let's, let's face it. They, they killed a lot of life on Mars. Um, so I'm not sticking up for them. It was a horrible thing they did. Um, the, Probably the biggest thing to, to take away from this is just the horrors that are going on on Mars. There's so many humans that are abducted there. There's so many that have lived there and don't know anything else. Um, you know, there's a lot going on there. I think what we're going to find out is the ICC and, and the crimes against humanity have just been so big it's so enormous we can't even comprehend it well having a city or a or a base of uh, 250,000 humans wiped out i mean that is in itself an incredible tragedy but just how many people are on mars 
Well, the other thing to do to take away from this, there was a lot of other beings killed besides humans. There are a lot of other beings. There are, there are reptilians that aren't Draco reptilians that live there. They, they all live underground. They're in cities. I mean, I remember Sam underground in areas where there was these reptilians. They're, they're, you know, they're not like the Draco reptilians. And there's insectoids. So there's, plus there was, uh, from what I understand, a lot of other higher dimensional beings that were there and they were all just disintegrated when this, when this happened. Can you describe the indigenous Martian reptilians? What were they like? What, you know, what, what do you re- recall about them? Um, humanoid, not as big as, as the ones I've seen in the programs, more like seven feet, um, but not as big and muscular and nasty like you had said the linebacker ones, the ones I had seen before. And there's a there's a language they speak, you know. So it's it's a long. They have a long history there, you know. There's a lot more life on Mars than than humans, and they're indigenous. They've they've been there for a long time. Do you remember anything about their level of technological development, the indigenous reptilians, and even the insectoids on Mars? I think a lot of the technology is is it doesn't look te- like we we think of technology. A, a lot of the stuff I have memories of that you know, did things weren't, didn't look like technology. Lots of stuff looks like rock. It's, it's amazing that there's, there's a lot of technology that unless you have, uh, I guess, unless you can connect with it telepathically, you, you can't operate it. I remember Randy Kramer back in 2014, he said the same thing, that the indigenous reptilians and insectoids on Mars, uh, they didn't have any kind of advanced technology uh, that we have or the Draco reptilians have, but they had a, a lot of this kind of like rock technology, spears and things, but that kind of could work with their minds to do in- incredible things, that they could teleport, walk through walls, and, and they were very, very difficult to to fight against. Yes. Yeah, that, that's pretty much what I remember through Sam. Amazing. So this this um, this event happens in 2018. 250 people, thousand humans are killed. Then a lot of indigenous people are killed. So still, I mean, I mean, how much of the Martian population is left? Are we talking about a small? proportion of the total population being killed or is this like a, a very large event in terms of the overall population on Mars? I think the 250,000 were mostly slaves. So they were probably grateful to get out of that. Um, it's horrible it is to say that, but they were all slaves stuck in the ICC factories. <clears throat> um I think there was other, you know, people, but you're not looking at you're not looking at many. Most of them are working; they're there in slave mode. 
all the time. There was, you know, it, it makes me, reminds me of when I was doing my original two years in Diego Garcia and I abducted this one guy who I knew was a doctor because it was in a marina and his name, the name was on the back of his boat. And that's the type of things that the black Navy was doing. We were, they were ducting people. They were selling them, you know, scientists, doctors, they would sell them to programs. And those poor guys would wind up in places like Mars. Okay. So there's an illicit slave trade of technically minded people. I know that um, I think David Polides has been finding that there's a lot of people that disappear in national forests, uh, state parks in the US and around the world, I, I guess. And he found that there's quite a number of them actually have a technical background and seem to have German bloodline as well. I think you have to, to, and that's probably why Sam got so far as he was accepted as a German. That's because your own kind of like a genetic background does have a German component? No, he was just programmed to think he was Sam, this guy that grew up with a whole childhood and everything in um, the German colony on Mars. But it never happened. It was all um, what the Greys did to him. Basically, it's a program they stuck in him. He thought he was Sam. Um, he, uh, along with the memories, because I, I can access those memories. They're, ac- they're memories of speaking German um, on the German colony of Mars. But he actually was just made when I was. He was probably um, like 24, 25 when he's made. And he's, that's, that was the beginning of his life. That was in 1983. Yeah, right. And 83, beginning 84 is when they they did this. Mm -hmm. So 2018, um, you know, this event happens. Uh, Sam makes, surrenders himself, goes to prison for a while comes out of prison, finds his wife and child have been given to the reptilian. So, so what happens to Sam after that? Um, he pretty much just worked for the old man. Doing a lot of stuff, which is he's been doing up until last year, um, last April, <clears throat> where um, he was on the moon. And... Um, there was probably 30 to 40 clones of him at a facility there. And uh, I found out how you can get out of this. You know, I, I got to the point where I was like, when, how long does this go on? You know, how, how do I stop this? So you can actually not give consent because silence in this world equals consent. If you don't say anything or do anything, they keep doing it and you've given consent. And that, and that works with negative ETs too. So can you explain that? So there were 30 to 40 clones and what were they, what was the plan? Were they going to take 
more some of the soul fragment from Sam, who, who is himself a soul fragment of you, and, and put that into the 30, 40 clones and just kind of like do it all over again? And here's where, you know, some of us get pressure. So I, at that point, too, I was getting pressured. I was to uh, through dreams, little psychic tacky, do all kind of things. I was getting pressured to to give consent and to, to give up, I guess, the soul piece. I, I, I don't know what they were trying to get me to do. They were trying to get me to give up something to energize those clones. But I had found out through another altar that I got rid of that when you say I'm done, you know, I, I want my soul piece back. This is over. It starts to end. Uh, it's really strange. But he, he wound up with Sam last year in April. I had enough with it. And um, through meditation, I connected and I took my soul piece back. You know, I, I stopped giving consent is what I did. At that point, he, um, you know, he got killed. He got into a, uh, I think he's trying to get me out of it. So here's what he did. He destroyed those clones. And then when he got done destroying the clones, they got him and, and, uh, and beat him to where he had died. And I got my soul piece back. And it was just like, uh, I would imagine if you have a twin and your twin dies. I mean, I felt it. It was pain. I, I felt when he died. I got that soul piece back and I got his memories. And then a few months later, people that I know are in the programs started saying, we still see Sam. You know, he's still in the group. So um, at that point, I realized that, you know, it's not me anymore. So they can run your clone off of an AI. They have uh, samples of our soul in an AI version. And, and that's what they use if they can't get the real thing. Okay, so because of your own personal work in finding out what, what happened to you and retrieving your memories and connecting with your higher self, and of course you have this eighth-dimensional Andromedan connection that that helped you kind of work through a lot of this stuff that that also helped your alter sam kind of like reach the decision that he wasn't going to be part of this anymore that he wasn't going to give his consent to have more clones animated by more soul fragments and um you know i i think we we talked about this before but um i know it sounds incredible i mean for a lot of listeners that you know from one soul fragment from another soul fragment you could actually animate 30 to 40 but you know according to randy kramer this can have they that they found out that you could do this up to about a thousand that you could literally collect create a, a an army a small army of a thousand clones using the one soul fragment that's what randy kramer said he learned from the secret space programs in terms of you know what were the limits of this kind of technology Wow. So I don't know if you can, if you know anything about that or can add. No, I just know that, that um, I, 
in a session with Rebecca Rose, we, she was, she was like, well, the good news is it's not an endless room full of clones, but there's, you know, it, it, I could see there was 30 or 40 of them. So I, I don't know much more than that. I can tell you though, that I found they, they have clones of me and other programs too that I have wound up getting uh, soul fragments back from air force programs. <clears throat> so once they get you in there, uh, a lot, this is the same way with a lot of these people that I know currently, they split you up. Um, I don't think it's like you hear of the normal, like 20 and back where they worry about you going crazy or any of that stuff, what your limitations are. They just push it. They don't care. Okay, so the, these people in the in the dark fleet or in the kind of like a corporate run programs, they or this kind of shadow ranger organization that they they are just going to kind of like exploit whoever consents to be part of these programs without any kind of long term regard for the, for them. They're just going to exploit them as much as possible. But you have the power as long as long as you can say no. To, to stop that right and you're going to get a lot of a lot of kickback after you do that but um you know there there's a lot of people i'm in contact with a couple right now and you, you can do that you can get out of it um they will hit you in your dreams that's usually where they attack us a lot they'll attack you in your dreams try and soften you up but sooner or later they do move on mm -hmm. So it sounds, I mean, you know, from everything you described, that the, the way that these dark ones operate in these programs in terms of clones that are animated by the soul fragments of people who give consent, that uh, these clones are subjected to kind of MK Ultra and, and they, you know, alter personalities are created to get them to do whatever they want. But there's still that soul fragment that's there that can always at some point say no as happened with sam but with this ai element i mean um what, what do you know of that you know when they animate a a clone with this ai ai aspect i mean uh, i mean is the ai do they do the mk ultra stuff on that or does the because it's ai it just automatically goes into whatever the program is I think it goes automatically in the program. It, it has all the the training that you already received. So once they put the AI in, they're just running it. But th the thing is, is it's never, um, it's not as good as the real thing. And and there are flaws. You, you can see stuff. I'm not sure how long the body is going to last with with the AI running. And then it also brings up to who, who's operating it. Mm -hmm. um, because at this point, I know that my alter is Sam, who, who's still running around, is not me, does not have a, a piece of my soul. It's totally AI operated. I know the old man is not there anymore. I know he's dead. That's, he's, he has the same situation. He's an AI-operated clone. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I've been kind of interviewing a few people that have been talking about having access to some of the ancient technologies left behind by extraterrestrials or by these ancient civilizations like space arcs or kind of halls of records. And they say that the key for access, accessing these technologies is always a combination of, of DNA and consciousness. And, and, and those within the dark programs, they, they will try to kind of like gain access themselves. But it sounds like if they clone a person um, and they put in the AI, that's not going to work because the AI doesn't have the consciousness. Doesn't have the consciousness. Yeah. It, it's not going to operate 100% like you used to have. Um, also, it doesn't seem like it makes the judgments. It doesn't make decisions the same. But it's enough, though, to fool everybody else in the group to think mm-hmm. that, that's a, that it's actually me and it's actually the old man where, where it's not. Okay. I mean, he's been dead for several years. So the AI-inhabited clone has kind of limited functionality you know, to impersonate or maybe to do some, some tasks, but for, co- for more complex things, um, it's it's not really suitable, especially if it comes to some really kind of like advanced programs requiring uh, knowledge of these ancient technologies. Because I think that's the big uh, game in town yeah. now, you know, with, with the arrival of all of these kind of like new extraterrestrial organisations and all of these technologies suddenly being activated that, you know, the individuals that have the right consciousness and the dna have access and those that don't they don't have access and so right and they're using the other ones because they can gain the access this is what the dark people are using they round up the people that they know that can communicate with with these things that have these talents you know there's remote viewers remote healers some of these people, and they'll twist them around and use them to remote kill. But that's what they're doing. They're, they're taking people that have these, these gifts and uh, making altars out of them, and then they can access all this technology and use it. I think also they're not getting any, any hit on their soul. There's no karma coming on them. Everything's being done by our soul pieces and all these altars. They're doing all the nasty stuff. But uh, from what I was told, though, I think they're fooling themselves that whoever gives the all the orders to the altars, they're karmically responsible for that. Mm-hmm. Now, have you ever been asked or been involved in anything like that, like being taken to any kind of ancient civilization location to kind of like access or interact with technology to find out what it was all about? Have you ever been involved in any of that? It was mainly just straight off theft. Um, The old man would have, um, he would know where this technology is and then there would be a group that would go in and get it. Um, I can tell you, London Bank, it was a reptilian soul-splitting technology that was in a box about a foot by a foot. 
Um, never looked inside, so I can't tell you what the tech was. A lot of the time, the tech doesn't look like anything anyway. But that's the types of things that they were doing. They'd get that intel, and then you'd get in there and steal that. Um, two other people in the group have been into the Vatican to steal uh, what a lot of people are calling, um, you know, the time technology, basically. So there's a lot of it out there, it seems like, and, and everybody's trying to find out the locations. Some of it's ancient. Well, I, I remember Alex Collier talking a bit in the 90s about the uh, the greys, you call them the Dows at the time, kind of using this soul-splitting technology to kind of like take the souls out of bodies and put them into little boxes and trade them with whoever. But it sounds like from what you just said that the that the reptilians or the Draco have this as well, this kind of soul splitting technology. And, and so, I mean, how prevalent is this out there? It seems like it's very prevalent, you know, um, and, it, and there's different limitations, I think on them. And, you know, you can see the limitation that they want to, they use in the programs, you know, that, that there's that 20 years that they, you can only do 20 years at a time. Well, there's different limitations on on their soul splitting. Um, I don't think they have those limitations. Some of these things too, um, they can put your soul in a reptilian. They can put your soul pretty much in anything. So I, I think we're going to find out there's a lot of technology out there as far as that. And uh, as far as the clones, we're, we're starting to see that, you know, we're hearing more talk about that here, but um, I can tell you in 1981, um, there's been definitely clones put in, put back here since 1981 because mm -hmm. my partner Joe was killed, and, and when we were in Diego Garcia, and they put mm -hmm. his clone back. Mm -hmm. So, so they've been, up. yeah, they've been putting clones in places of the real people for quite a long time well I, I know when i watch this uh this so-called president of the united states joe biden uh, and i look at him and i look at his eyes it's like sometimes it's like this person doesn't have a soul <laughs> it's like <laughs> exactly. it's like it's, it's like a it looks like a clone <laughs> it's like wow and how many other people can see this it's like you just look into the eyes and it's like there's there's nothing there there's no soul That's there it's like who is this? <laughs> and it's like amazing. And it's like, can others see this? Right, right. It's he reminds me of um the men in black that escorted me to Dulcie. It's the same look. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. But, I, I remember him talking. Uh, there's then some clips of uh Biden talking about, well, we're not gonna let the the we're not gonna let this Nord Stream pipeline uh exist it's it, we're going to take it down and and you just look at his eyes that he's saying that it's it's soulless it's like a it's like this ai clone that you were talking about it's like wow is that's what is that what's talking here trying to create a third world war it's like yeah. these ai clones that are that are put in positions of leadership and they're just like following the program i think so i think we, we have a lot of that uh, ai clones and a lot of a lot of virtual um, people that they're, they're, I don't know if they're clones or what, but they can virtually have stuff happen 
-hmm. and it seems like it's real. So Sam was killed in April 2022. So, you know, what kind of difference has that made in your life? I mean, now you get that soul fragment back, and I guess there's an integration process, but you also get the memories back. So how's that all going for you now? It went really good for uh, for several months, and for the first time since then, it, it was quiet in my head uh, because Sam has been... He has been with me since since this happened. You know, when I found out about him, then I, I realized, oh, you've been pushing in my life a lot of times. My wife's very familiar with him, unfortunately. You know, he, he's uh, very aggressive. And there are times when he, he I think when I've gotten emotional, he'll, he'll just pop in. So all that ended then. And it was really quiet. I was feeling really feeling good until I had heard this from these people um, that he was still cruising around. So I've found out lately it's it's just all it's all AI. It's all virtual, and uh, they're kind of using us mm -hmm. you know, to prolong this. So in, in a way, April 2022 marks a kind of end of this major chapter in your life in terms of these two altars, Sam and Hans, being used. Now, you mentioned some other altars kind of like being used in other programs. So, I mean, is it all over for you or is there other stuff going on now that, um, you know, that you're experiencing, whether it's through an altar or whether it's in your real life, you know, with these programs? Well, I am getting, um, well, I'm, just saying, I'm getting pressured by um, people in this program, this virtual old man, whatever he is. The old man's definitely been communicating with me a lot trying to give me make me give consent to basically work with my altar my ai altar um so i'm i'm trying to pull out of all that and, and break off connections and there, there still is some kickback from um occasional abductions mm -hmm. questioning so I, I think it'll stop at some point what about this kind of like eight-dimensional Andromedan aspect of yourself? Have you kind of been integrating or interacting with that aspect of yourself now? I mean, given you've had these soul fragments kind of come together, there's more of you now that's focused. I mean, does, does that enable you to make that connection to this high-level aspect of yourself? It does, but go to go through these memories brings my frequency down you know to get into all this dark stuff so this will be my last interview uh, i'm not going to do interviews anymore i'm going to try and find myself again you know mark and, and not have these thoughts at all then i'll be able to connect again um but the the more time percentage of the day that i spend with my mind in these low frequency thoughts it prevents me from from connecting to those higher beings. So I, I have to say in the last couple of months, my connection hasn't been as good because I've been thinking about this a lot. 
Well, I, I kind of like really uh, applaud your, your courage there in, in, in putting this information out. People need to know about this, but I also understand how it, it is a heavy weight. And as you engage with it, retell it to, to an audience that it does pull you down. And, and because you are aware of this high dimensional self that I'm sure is a, a wonderful thing to connect with and explore that you're probably ready for that new chapter in life. So I'm, I'm really honored that you would choose uh, this to be your final interview to discuss all this. Um, so any anything, any kind of words of encouragement you want to give to people that are maybe grappling with all of this? It, it may be a shock to people to understand of all of this. So any words of encouragement you can give them? Yeah. You know, Tony, Tony wrote in, in a book he gave me, um, Tony Rodericks, and uh, just to sum it up, but he, he said, if you can, you know, put their head around what we've been through. But the bottom line is, is we actually made it. We survived it. So I would say there's thousands of us, you know, and maybe we'll come out more now with people like me speaking. Um, we don't do well with relationships. We, we have a hard time holding down jobs. Our souls have been fractured and we're trying to heal. So I would just say, if you, you know, you meet any of these people, have patience. I know it's hard to wrap your head around, but there's going to be a lot of people coming out. Uh, I see the biggest group will be um, those that have been experimented on by grace. That's going to be a huge group of population. And uh, these, these groups that I was in probably be a, a much smaller population, but um, you can get past it. Don't, don't absorb your altar. I would say integrating your altar is very dangerous. So I, I think the words that my high self told me, only integrate those pieces that have trauma on them. Because the way it was explained to me is, is you take each one of those memories and you deal with it and then you become the observer and then you let it go. And that piece of your soul is healed and then you move on to the next one. Well, that's very wise advice to give. And I honor everything that you've done in getting this information out. I know it's going to help a lot of people. And I wish you the, the very best in, in what lies ahead. And uh, yeah, a tremendous courage to go through all of this. I mean, I, I imagine a lot of people wouldn't survive what, what you went through in everything you described since 1981, personally, directly yourself or through the memories of your altars that you got through that. And uh, I guess this was a big part of your mission uh, to disclose all of this so that people can know. And I think trans it's all about transparency now and accountability. And yeah, what you've done is is helping is going to help that a lot so thank you oh thank you you have been listening to exopolitics today with dr michael sala please remember to like share and subscribe to this channel join or start a conversation in the comments take the time to explore the vast library of best-selling books webinars and podcasts by dr sala 
Visit exopoliticstoday.com.